Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share inspiring stories and tips on facing vulnerability and the lessons we can use to help us be able to find success and fulfillment in our own lives. With each episode, we hope to impact one listener. And if anything you've heard has impacted you, we'd appreciate you sharing it on social. Thank you for listening. Now let's get vulnerable. It was anonymously said, I don't want my pain and struggle to make me a victim. I want my battle to make me someone else's hero. This is episode 65 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Antoine Frazier. As a child, he was molested by someone his family knew. When he tried to go to his family about it, they called him a liar and literally disowned him. He was placed in group and foster homes, which led to him being angry and bitter. It didn't make sense that his family didn't want him and why he became an outcast. As he started to heal from the past, he joined the army and it would be part of his life for the next 24 years. This is where he'd find a family, and eventually he'd begin to repair the relationship with his parents. Now he's enrolled in law school and wants to become a lawyer to help people who have suffered a similar past. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Antoine Frazier. Hey, Antoine, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. Uh, it was uh, great to have you as one of the many people signed up through podcastguest.com. And uh, I'm excited to have you on to share your story with my listeners. So again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me on, sir. So the first question I have uh, to get started is, what is your definition of vulnerability? My definition of uh, vulnerability is just to... Uh, let your guard down. Um, and when you let your guard down, let those around you who want to help, help you, knowing that that you don't have to do it all by yourself. You're not going through life by yourself. And there's, there's people willing to help you. And you just have to let your guard down so people and invite people in to help you. I like that one. And it's, it's sort of a recurring message that I hear over and over again throughout this podcast is, is, you know, you've got to be willing to accept help. And unfortunately uh, a lot of us, you know, don't, or we're too afraid to ask for it. And so I like what you had to say where it's sort of first letting your guard down, letting yourself be willing to open up. And then as those people come in, letting them, letting them help you through whatever you're going through. So definitely like that one. Um, so going back is, and it goes back as far as you want. I've had people start at like five years old and I've had people talk about like high school. So wherever you want to start, but going back as, as far as you'd like in your memory, when would you say would be your first time facing some sort of vulnerability or, or struggle in your life? Um, I would say (laughs) pretty much it'll be from the time I was, young all the way until i went to um so i was placed in like group home and foster home and i think once i got there that's what helped me become vulnerable was going through the counseling you know because um especially in high school i i didn't understand why i was the way i was and i was holding so much anger out and then the counselor was the counselors at the group home were able to help me and to get me to like you know, slowly but surely it started releasing, letting go of that anger, letting go of that hatred, letting go of that bitterness that, you know, it, for me, it was kind of like, okay, I'm in group home and foster home. So it was like, I had that anger and bitterness 
towards my family because I'm like, okay, I just got pushed aside. Like, you know, there was other things going on, but at, at that age, you know, like, I didn't understand. I just had all this anger and hatred and uh, through, a, you know, years of counseling, that's what helped me be vulnerable and let, let people in and let people help me to release all that uh, anger and hatred that I had towards my own family during that time. So, so from what it sounds like, it, it's just sort of growing up separate from your family. That was sort of that vulnerability that you faced at a young age was not sort of being with your parents, but being elsewhere. Uh, yeah, I was like, how would I say it? I would say I was a black sheep of the family because I did um, things different. I didn't go with the flow. That, that was the thing, like... Um, I was I was molested and I'm the one who spoke about it and said something so it's like I I kind of got outcast from the family and then that's when all that happened and then years later once years later once I reconnected my family is it, like I had one of my great uncles tell me you know when that happened you should have came to us we would have kept it in the family and I'm like I'm not no when something like that happens it needs to be exposed I exposed it and then Oh, everybody else started talking about it because it happened to them. Like it just you don't keep stuff like that in the family. And I think that it was more the anger. Like they chose this guy who was molesting people over someone who's willing to speak the truth. So essentially, from what like I'm I'm understanding here, I'm just trying to piece it all together. But essentially, so you did you grow up at home, but then this sort of incident is what separated you from your family. I'm I'm just trying to yes. to piece it all together. Yeah, this is what uh, separated me from the family, the, the whole incident. So that's uh, kind of unbelievable to me that, that you sort of having the, the strength or, or however you want to put it to, to bring this up and to bring it forward made them sort of decide that you needed to be separated. Like that just seems like a, an odd way to, to handle the situation. Like not, and I'm not trying to say right or wrong, but it just seems to me that that's a different way of handling the situation. Oh, no, no, it is. It's, <laughs> it's funny because I, people see now how my family is, but I told them, it's like, when all this happened, it's like, I was a bad kid. I was this, I was everything. I was a druggie. I was doing drugs. Never touched drugs in my life, but it was like, those are the rumors he put out. And then people were starting to believe it. Like, that's why he went to the group home because he was doing drugs. Never done drugs in my life, but that's the way they justify stuff. That's, uh, again, like I said, that's just a, a different way of dealing with things. Like, I, I'm yeah. surprised because that, you know, in, in many ways it should be your, your family. Like, going back to your definition of, you know, having people help you, it should be your family should be the first people that are, are willing to sort of put that hand out and, and help you through whatever you're going through. And yet, in your case, it seems that it was what made them decide to sort of separate you from, from everybody else. Yeah, so so what would you say then, you know, helped you get through that time? Because I mean, if your family wasn't there for you, uh, I know you had mentioned some counseling and stuff like that, but was there anything else that you can think of that sort of helped you uh, get through that, that rough time? Um, no, I would just say it was just being in the group home, having people actually care. And then, um, uh, 
the one thing I could I, I can say good about the group home was they actually let me go keep going to the high school. So that helped too because it gave me a sense of just having just being normal at the time. Even though I was in a group home, I still got to go to my same high school. So just being just having that that sense of of normal being normal, it just helped me. Like hey, nobody knows what's going on. I'm fine. I'm coming to school. It just it's a regular day for me. So it was just like that's the way I I, I had it in my head. No, yeah, I think I could count on one hand how many friends I actually told I was in a group home, but not everybody knew. But I can only I can only imagine that there would have been some sort of uh, I don't know if anxiety is the word I'm looking for, but there must have been something. Uh, you know, like it must have had some sort of weight on you to be holding this part of you in going to school because you're saying like going to the same high school provided some normalcy. But at the same time, I can only imagine that you must have been fighting something internally because of the fact that you're going there and you're putting on this mask or this this sort of, you know, uh, facade of, you know, I'm I'm fine and everything's cool and, and everything's normal. But yet, you know, on the other side of things, you're you're you know, separated from your family, you had, you know, it had this, this molestation that happened that you hadn't really told a lot of people about. And when you did tell some people about it, it caused the sort of separation. So I can only imagine that there was some sort of, you know, inner turmoil that was going on at the time. Yeah, I felt, um, uh, I think the, the best word would be abandoned. I felt abandoned. And, um, uh, that went on for years and years, and then um, uh, right after high school, went to join the army, and then it just like once I got in the army, it was just everything was out of sight, out of mind. It's just being in the group home helped had me already in a structure, and I wanted to keep kind of that structure going in my life, and the, the army provided it. But yeah, the best. The best word will be abandoned. And once I got to the military, it just, you know, that was a family. That was a different type of family. But it's kind of like, even to now, like, those are the people I depend on more than my own blood family. So would you, would you say that there was any sort of strength that you found in yourself going through this at, at such a young age? I mean, again, you know, you're talking, you know, when you're a child is when that, that incident happened and then you're going through high school. So you're, you're, and, and being in a group home, being separated from your family, like all this seems like a lot to go through at, at a younger age where you may not necessarily understand what's going on, but was there any strength that you were able to discover in yourself going through the, these sort of things at a younger age? Um, I think the strength was, uh, I just got a, uh, probably it'll just keep going forward and not only that, but don't let what, don't let the negativity that my family was saying about me affect me. I think that's where I learned. And I think that's to this day. Now I have that mindset, like not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody's going to, I'm, I'm, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but at the same time, I'm not going to let what their opinion of me affect me or what they think I should be affect me. So it sounds like you learned resilience would be the one word that I would come up with. You learned a lot about resilience at a young age. And then you also, it seems to me that you were able to 
have some form of confidence because for you to be able to ignore the opinions of others, you've got to have a certain level of confidence in yourself to, to make that happen. Yes. It just, like I said, it took, it took time. And I think uh, at the end of the day, I think the people who were actually in my life at that time that had the patience with me, they seemed like it was like, it's funny because we talk about it now. Okay. I'll go to that group home once a year and we're all talking. It's like, man, to see you from when you came in so angry and to see you now at peace and having your own family, it's just a total transformation. No, 100%. I mean, I, I can only imagine, like I said, going through all that at such a younger age and not really understanding it to then get to a point of where you want to have your own family, even though your family sort of abandoned you, like you said, I can only imagine that sort of transformation and what that took. What would you say sort of started that transformation? Was it the group home? Was it going into the army? Was it a little bit of both? Like what really started to create that shift in your life? It was a, it was a little bit of both. Um, uh, what was hard for me to process was, in the group home talking to counselors, they were telling me stuff like, you know, you don't need your family, your family's not there for you, you can't depend on them. So for me, that was hard to accept. And I'm like, as a kid, you're like, no, my family's always gonna be there. But it's like, you know, then when I went to the army, it was just like, okay, not uh, uh, through basic training and my school, one letter from family, one letter. And then I got more letters from the counselors at the group homes than I got from my own family. So that kind of, that kind of told me like what they were telling me in my sessions were true. Was, you know, the proof was in the pudding. Mm -hmm. I, I know this might sound like a, an odd question, but it's just something that came up as you're, you're talking and, and you keep using this word family, but did, did did these situations, the group home, the army and everything, did that redefine sort of what family means to you? Because again, most of us have the, the same sort of definition or, or idea of family is, you know, mother, father, brothers, sisters, cousins, uncles, aunts, or so on and so forth. But it seems to me that your definition of family might've completely changed because of, you know, sort of where you were getting this support and everything. Yeah, no, no, it, 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 um, it definitely 100% changed what my definition of family was. Uh, uh, you know, now I know family is not 100, 100% your own bloodline. Family could be people who are just there to support you, help you in any way they can. They want to see you, uh, you know, succeed. They want to see you prosper in a way. You know, um, um, you know, sad thing is like, even today's society, you, you have family members that want to see you fail instead of help building you up. So, yeah, definitely that uh, changed my my perception of what the definition of the word family means. And then, how did that like? Uh, how did that sort of affect, or or how did that play? Did it play a part when you decided to start your own family? Because again, like I said, you know, for you to, to go from growing up where your family basically abandoned you and, and you were sort of given up on, and then for you to start a family, like what sort of effects did that have on your choices and, and even how you maybe parent and stuff like that? Um, to be honest, I was, <laughs> uh, when my wife told me she was pregnant, to be honest, I was terrified because 
first, I grew up with um, no father. So I never met my father. So it's like my my whole thing was like, how how do I how do I become a father when I was never taught by my own father? So it was that was that was a scary uh, thought for me. But uh, but the one thing I did put in my head was no matter what happens, I'm gonna show my kids that they're that they're loved at all the time. I they know they're loved. I am always heaping praises on them. You know stuff that wasn't done to me. So it's like in a sense I was taught through all the negative stereotypes that was done to me and I, I turned all those into positive stereotypes into for my kids. It's it's awesome to me how we can sort of make that choice, how you can, like you said, how you can have those negatives in your life and then turn them into positives. And for me, that's sort of what this whole podcast is about is, is to be able to learn from our vulnerabilities, learn from our struggles. And, and it seems like you did that pretty well. Like you, you took all that vulnerability and, and everything that you faced at a younger age and turned it into something more positive when it was time to have your own family. And, and trust me, I understand being terrified when it comes to, to uh, having a kid. I just had one. She's three months old. And, and even though, you know, I grew up with my dad and everything like that, I still was pretty scared in terms of like, oh, am I going to know what to do? Am I going to be good at this? And so on. Yeah. So I can only imagine for somebody like yourself where you had that sort of extra layer um, to deal with that, that, yeah, it might have been a little bit scary. But I'm glad, like I said, that you were able to s- turn it into a positive and, and show your kids, you know, a, a different thing than what maybe what you grew up with. So I, I'm glad that you were able to do that. And I'm sure your kids are as well. <laughs> um, so if you were to look at, you know, sort of all that that happened to you at that, you know, younger age and growing up, you know, away from your family and everything like that, like, what sort of toll would that would you say that that took on you? And then, you know, what would you say helped you sort of over like overcome everything? Like, I know we talked earlier about like, you know, that you said that the group home was really what helped you overcome, you know, being separated from your family and, and dealing with the anger from the, you know, admitting to the molestation and everything. But again, what sort of toll did everything take on you? And then sort of what helped you sort of, you know, get over that emotional uh, hurdle? Um, the, the, the toll that it took was uh, I think it took Daddy, years for me because I was uh, even though we're taking the seven minute break. Okay, mom. It, it took years <laughs> off of me because even though I was out the group home, I was in the army. Um, I still had a little bit of that chip on my shoulder like I have to prove something and I think you know even though it was I had to prove it to myself that I was I was good enough and I was worthy and it was just like that's that's the toll it took on me I think it just wore me down because like I was just like especially in the military I had to be um, for myself I had to be better than the next next soldier I had to prove I was better than them. So it was just like, it was, you know, in a way it was a good thing, but in a way, you know, it was a good thing because it was, it was competition. It got me uh, pushing myself, got me promoted faster, but it just, it's just like inside, it was just like so much, so much weight I was carrying, you know, because at the same time, I still wanted the, the love of the family. So that I think that's what, were weighing me down the most, you know, it, it, 
it's funny because within the last 10 years, I'm, I can say I'm okay right now. Cause I am, I don't need the love of the family. You know, I have, I just barely start letting, um, barely just start letting my, my mom see my kids. And, you know, but that was after having a talk with her saying, you know, you know, don't get these kids attached to you. And then you're going to disappear out that life. That's why I will do that. I'm cutting you off. So it's just like, now I said, uh, there's boundaries set, you know, with family members. Everybody knows the boundaries. So, yeah, that's what it was. I think I had to start, uh, once I started talking to people again, I have to start setting boundaries. Well, not only for myself but for my family too so that way it's just like nobody oversteps in and then they also know that i'm okay with cutting them out of my life again i you know at the end of the day you're not contributing nothing to me or to my family to help us succeed and so was that something that you figured out on your own like was to set those boundaries or was that something you learned somewhere else because like, again i just want to sort of figure out like because again we we went you know you were saying that in the group home you had the counselors and that helped you sort of get through some of the anger then getting into the army gave you some structure but like how did you get to where you're at right now like what what was it you know was there more therapy that you went through or something like that or, or yeah, so like what made you again decide to sort of set these boundaries because I, I just trying to sort of understand yeah, there was a um, more therapy, therapy in the, the army that helped me um, start setting boundaries and start, you know, more, um, not more, but teaching me how to take care of myself, like self-care. So that's where all that comes from with the boundaries and then the self-care. No, and and I'm 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 glad that you found it to be honest because like I said, it, it, all the things that like the self care that you're saying, the boundaries. I think these are things that pretty much everybody needs to have in their life, and that we're maybe that we don't find it easy to do. We're you know we're afraid to say no. Like that's one of the biggest things I hear nowadays is that you know everybody's just we're saying yes to everything and we're not setting any boundaries around us, and whether it's family or whether it's friends or anybody, and and it it who you surround yourself with tends to make the biggest difference, right? I'm, I'm sure that by going into the army and sort of, you know, building that, that family or that brother, that brotherhood or, or whatever it was that you, you sort of built in the army, um, you know, is what helped you sort of continue to have the strength to move forward and, and move on to the next thing. So, you know, if you looked at everything now, and let's go the other way, if you looked at everything that happened and everything that you've been through, how would you say it's helped you get to where you're at right now? So looking at it on the opposite side, instead of, you know, what the toll was that it took on you, what, how did, in what ways did it help you get to become the person you are today? Um, it helps me to stay focused and it um, motivates me to, it motivates me to be a better better father and then um it motivates me to keep pushing myself so the kids see it and um so they understand like you know dad's 43 but at the same time dad's in law school so dad's pushing himself and then that's what i want them to do once you know they get older so i'm teaching them right now like no matter how old you are your dreams are still there you know just keep motivating yourself that's what motivates me is just i know who i am and these are dreams like i wanted to be a lawyer when i was a kid but all this stuff happened and 
derailed me, but then I was like, no, what? No, like a couple of years ago, I was like, no, I'm gonna go to school. I can still do this. If I don't, if I don't even try to pursue this dream, then, you know, the past still has a hold of me. It's like, no, I'm, I'm going to pursue this dream. But I need to know for myself if I can attain it or not. No, that's an, uh, again, an awesome way to look at it. And, and, and it's really great that you've been able to do that. And I am of the same belief of you uh, as you uh, is that, you know, you've, you've got to chase your dreams. You've got to go after what you want, because at the end of the day, we are all here for a limited amount of time. And I think that if we end up getting to that point, you know, the, the, you know, sort of end of our life and we haven't done some of the things or most of the things that we've dreamt of doing that we're going to end up with a lot of regrets. And I think that's a, a horrible way to sort of, get to that point in your life so I'm, I'm glad that you sort of found that motivation to go back to school and to try and become a lawyer because I mean becoming a lawyer isn't easy if you start at 20 years old let alone at, at 40 um, years old yeah that's what I you know and it was funny because I read a I read a story about a lady she was 50 and now she's 54 and she has got her law degree and that kind of was motivating me too i'm like she could do what i know i could do it in my 40s There's no excuse <laughs> no for sure and and sorry one thing i, I just uh, that i thought about is you said that you you go back to the group home like yearly yearly i think you said like once a year you you visit the group home is there anything that you do there aside from just sort of visiting with the people that i guess were were around when you were there is there anything that you're doing to sort of give back to that it just some i, I just sort of thought about that uh, when we were talking no that's what so i went the last time i went back was last december and we were uh trying to figure out how 2020 is going to go before all this trying to figure out what my <laughs> schedule is going to be because uh, they wanted me to start, um, they had asked me to think about volunteering and actually start coming in probably like once a week and just kind of talk to the kids, let the kids know, you know, I've been where you have been at, but you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel because sometimes kids go in the group home thinking there's nothing, like that's it. And um, yeah, so hopefully once, you know, this is all done, you know, I, you know, that's one thing I told my wife is like, I do want to volunteer. I do want to get back so the kids understand, like, you know, this is where, this is where that's the man he is today because of this place right here. Oh, for sure. And again, it's just, uh, it's, it's really incredible to me. I'm just standing over here, just like in awe of the fact that you were able to sort of go through all that, overcome it. And now you're just looking for all these ways, whether it's giving back through your family, to your kids, letting them know that there's, you know, a better way and, and that there's more to life, whether it's going back to the group home, whatever it might be. It's really awesome that you've been able to find the strength in yourself and been able to decide to, to take that, like you said earlier, take that negative and turn it into a positive. Because again, I don't think a lot of us are, are able to do that. And, and, and I'm saying that with people who haven't necessarily faced uh, things like you faced. Uh, so again, kudos to you. So um, would you say that at this point where you're at, I mean, like you said, you're, you're, you're pursuing your law degree, but would you say at this point in your life that you found success and fulfillment, or would you say that you're still on your journey towards that? I would say, um, both. <laughs> I, I, you know, in a way I found success because, um, going the way I was going, I could have been, um, I could have been a statistic. I could have been, I could have ended up in jail. 
and then uh, I'm still on my journey. Just you know, you know, I I think at this point I'm starting my journey. Because my journey is, is going to be to help the kids in the group home and to help you know um, other men because I know as a man talking about being molest molested is kind of taboo. You don't want to talk about it because you think it's taking away from your your manliness, but it's like, you know, again, you have to be vulnerable. You have to let people know your struggles. Because what you say today could help someone tomorrow. No, <laughs> that's a pretty good way to put it. And and just out of curiosity, I mean, in, in talking about, you know, going after your law degree and everything like that, and is there anything you plan on doing once you have that um, to, to help out and, and sort of, I guess, and with, you know, maybe other children or, or people that have faced something similar to you, is that part of the reason you're doing it? Or is it just simply, it was a dream that you had when you were a kid and you just want to see if you can get it, go, go after it and get that degree? Um, it, it started off as a dream, but as I go through school, I learn more and more. And I know, uh, being a veteran, one of my things is I want to help the veteran community and another thing I want to do is help uh, juveniles because I think if we could reach the juveniles at an early age then we could stop them from going to prison and overpopulating the prison they like at that age I'm learning that you could talk to them and you could, you could help change their mind change the mindset they already have and I think that that would be a big plus because that would stop them from going to prisons and jails. And then that will, you know, lessen the population in jail, but also give these kids a future knowing that, you know, gang banging, robbing, all, that's, not, that's not a choice. You have a future. You know, it takes one person to believe in you. I'm, I'm proof of that. Yeah, I mean, you said that a few minutes ago is that, you know, thankfully, because of the group home and the counselors and, and who you were surrounded with at that rough part in your life, it sort of took you down the path that you're on now rather than the other path where you could have let that anger lead you into different areas and different things that may have, you know, caused you to end up in prison or, or who knows what, right? So um, I'm glad that, again, that you're, you're just taking all these things that sort of made your life a little harder and finding ways to make somebody else's life a little easier. So, uh, you know, that's, again, it's just an awesome thing to see. So, you know, if you could look at your, your, your entire life and, and everything that you've learned, you've provided a, a few key lessons throughout this, this episode in terms of, you know, just learning how to deal with anger, how to, you know, sort of be resilient, all that kind of stuff. Um, but if you could give our listeners three important lessons from your life, three things that they could use, three lessons that you learned that they could use to help them get through whatever struggles or vulnerabilities they're facing, what would you say your three lessons would be? Um, number one, I would say, believe in yourself. No, no matter what life throws at you, no matter what storms you're going through, always believe in yourself because at the end of the day, people know if you can't, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you. Um, my second one would be, uh, um, fight through it. Whatever you're going through, just fight through it because, you know, there is there is light at the end of the tunnel. The problem is 
people are too quick to give up. Don't give up. Remember, you're in a you're in a race. Treat it like a a twelve round boxing match. You know, don't give up in the first second round. Keep going to the end. You'll see the light and patience at the end does win out. So get fight through it. Uh, my third one is. Um, God, I have so many for third one, but I think for me, what I found is uh, just um, give yourself you time. You've got to have time for yourself because, you know, no matter what you're going through, if you have the time to yourself, you'll be able to relax. You'll be able to recharge your battery. You'll be able to think, think straight. I think just... Uh, it's underrated that people don't have more me time. They need that time for themselves. You know, especially like if you're married, you've got kids, you need that time just to get away from everything just for yourself so you can come back and recharge, re-energize, and be a better father, be a better husband, be a better, you know, brother, sister. So those are the things, those would be my three things. Uh, the, the last one I definitely agree with because I think that one of the, and this is something I experienced in my life, but is that, you know, we're, we're consumed with trying to like help other people, you know, whether it's our kids or, or our spouses or whoever it might be. But if you don't take care of yourself first, it's next to impossible to help somebody else. Right. Yeah. And, and I read this in a book, I think it was uh, the monk who sold his Ferrari by Robin Sharma, where he said, you know, you can't give uh, somebody water out of your cup if it's half empty. Right? You have to fill your cup first to be able to then give to somebody else, right? So um, I, I definitely agree with that one. And then the second one I also really found interesting when you brought up the boxing analogy. And the reason being is because, you know, in, in terms of boxing, like you're going to come out of a boxing match battered and bruised. And that's sort of how life is too. But like yeah. you're saying, if you keep fighting and you get to that 12th round, battered or bruised or not, you, you still have that opportunity or that chance to win, right? And it's sort of having that mindset to continue. So um, definitely, definitely like those three. So the last thing I, I want to do uh, and that I do on every interview is I want to give you the floor and let you sort of just promote or, or talk about whatever you want to talk about, whatever you've got going on or, or let people know where to connect with you on social. You know, maybe we'll have a listener who's faced something similar to you in their childhood and wants to reach out and see what you've done so that they can do it themselves. So uh, the floor is yours. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I don't... Hi, my name is uh, Antoine Frazier. Um... I could be reached at uh, my Facebook. Um, just a normal, normal dad, just out here, um, not doing anything spectacular. Just you know, just telling my story, just um, praying, praying that it it touches someone, and then you know we kind of pay it forward. You know, I tell my story, it touches you. Tell your story so it could help someone else. And uh, that's that's pretty much it, you know. Just healing is the best process, and the way you heal is by being vulnerable and letting people know your struggles and know your story, so they could they could help you heal. 
no great way to end it and and you know a very humble way to end it as well just sort of in the way that you said you know i'm just a normal guy dad out here trying to make as many changes as i can and uh but I, again i think that you know you're sort of you're not giving yourself enough credit because i think for you to overcome what you have and then have this attitude about you is is a uh, is is major and and i hope that like you said i hope that somebody listens to this and it will help them open up whether it's about a similar situation or something else that they haven't opened up about in life um you've obviously Obviously benefited from doing so and, and I think a lot of us could as well so um, Antoine thank you for coming on thank you for sharing as openly as you did I'm sure you know as much as you've probably told this this story other times it's still something that um, is hard to talk about at, at times so thank you for being willing to come on and, and open up especially with somebody that you don't really know being me <laughs> um, and uh, yeah like I said I, I can't wait to release this one and um, I'll make sure to uh, put your Facebook in the show notes so that if anybody's looking for you they can find you there and yeah again just just thank you for coming on today oh thank you very much uh, Brian for having me on and you know I hope I hope and pray that you have tremendous success with this and that God keeps aligning your step and you know, I see nothing but good things happening and more doors opening for you and your family in the future. Oh. Well, thank you for that. Uh, definitely uh, want to keep in touch. And like I said, I'll let you know when this one's coming out. And and hopefully, like I said, it's going to help somebody because, uh, like I said, I, I, whether you've gone through something similar or not, a lot of what you talked about today can help a lot of us in, in any sort of struggles that we're facing. So uh, thanks again and, and have a great rest of your day. You too, sir. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also follow me, Brian Almeida, by searching my name on all platforms. If the podcast has impacted you in any way, I would also greatly appreciate a review. Lastly, if you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, I would love to have them on. Thank you and see you next week.